Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 53. Uh, you're with myself, Paul Spain. And uh, Glenn Williams. And Alistair Kirk. And it's 73, not 53. Did I say 53? I, I stand <laughs> corrected. Here we are on 73. Going back in time. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I can't even remember what we did on episode 73. It was so long ago. Uh, 53. Oh, man, I'm really getting mixed up with my numbers tonight. Um, hey, welcome along, guys. Nice, nice to have you both uh, both here on the show. It's sort of yeah. first time for both of you. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Nice to be here. Yeah, no, great to have you guys in. Yeah, it's really good. We talked some time ago about uh, being here, and it's, it's always good to be on. Yeah, so... Um, Alistair, tell us a little bit about where, where you fit into the picture, what you what what your relationship is with uh, with technology and uh, and also the podcasting world. So my background, my work is in enterprise technology. So I'm, the majority of my work is teaching people how to use a, a server virtualization product called VMware, and it's uh, very popular. Saves people vast amounts of money, and for the last five years, that's that's what I've done. Rock around, teach people about it. Uh, I've gotten involved in a couple of podcasts in the community. So there's an APAC virtualization podcast that's for people who are using and want to learn more about the products. The, uh, we we uh, have a podcast that goes out every second week. And then this year I've gotten involved in a US-based one, which is helping people to train for certification. So in my day job as a trainer, I'm helping people with this. But people need more than just the organized courses. So we build that whole community thing. And uh, that's, that's really what's led me to, to being involved in podcasting and, and lots of blogging as well. Great. And um, and myself, um, well, um, I guess I'm the pretender in the room, the imposter, as it were. Oh, <laughs> rubbish. Maybe compared to you guys. <laughs> um, I, well, I guess my background, you know, I've always been interested in technology um, and communicating issues around technology as a broadcaster, um, and, and particularly in, in broadcast technology as well on the internet. Um, uh, coming out of student radio in Christchurch, it was always a... I struggled to find new ways to um, to get audiences, and so getting into podcasting quite early, um, outside broadcasts using the internet, that sort of thing. So I've always had a good grounding in in, uh, in tech based stuff, and and that's sort of lent me um, into uh, moving into tech commentary for um, other shows, uh, doing doing some stuff on Radio Live on Tuesdays, and and uh, normally asking the questions on my show on um, on Kiwi FM as well, the Radio Wamo show. Um, with the various tech commentators as well, yeah, yeah, good, good. That's me. And the uh, well, oh, the climate show as well. I should mention the climate. Oh show. yes, while, while we're playing, well, that's, that's a that's a um, yeah, yeah. The climate show is a um, is a, a video and audio podcast that I do. It's all about climate change and news and policy and politics and that sort of sort of thing. So not strictly technology, however, um, you know, it's it, 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 it uses technology to to get out there rather than traditional broadcast. Which yeah, is nice. Absolutely. Mm. No, that, that's good. And how how long um, has that one been going? The uh, the climate show we started at, towards the end of uh, of twenty ten, um, but we don't have as many episodes out as the New Zealand Tech Podcast does. Um, we're a little bit sporadic at the moment, and I'm I'm just in the process of moving to London as well, which is throws a spanner in the works. But uh, the aim is to set up my studio there in London wherever I am, and um, continue the podcast. And it'll be truly be an international sort of podcast as well because we'll have a host in, in New Zealand, Australia, and in the UK, and hopefully guests coming in from the States as well. Yeah. Great. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, certainly, yeah, look, looking forward to uh, connecting with you when you're over there. And, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. You know, hopefully you'll be able to keep your 
uh, air to the ground on, on tech happenings up yeah. there, and well, we, we might plug you in from time to time if that suits. We were just saying before we were starting that, that there needs to be a sort of more um, of cooperation between podcasters of a community of, of community. the community of podcasters. Yeah, yeah. A network, even, perhaps. Yes, so if the there future. are any, any, uh, any other podcasters out there, do... Uh, do drop us a line. We've, we've, we'll mention our details at, at the end mm. um, because, uh, yeah, there are pro- probably some opportunities there for uh, uh, helping out other podcasters and so on by getting together. Yeah. All righty. Now, um, some interesting news in the last week, really around probably two two big topics, and well, not even the last week, just in the last last two or three days, last really. 24 hours even. Uh, yeah. Now, so we've got uh, E3, which is the big conference uh, taking place uh, in the US, which is the big ga- annual gaming conference. Dusty old LA. It's no. in LA, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Where everything's kind of over the top. Like I find, like, I've never been to one of those conferences, but they always just seem outrageous. It's like, the, you know, CES and, uh, and E3 just football fields football fields full of tech well I think E3 is a bit smaller than CES it's 50,000 people or something but in the scheme of any sort of gathering that's, yeah, uh, that's a pretty massive group that, of people that, that's big numbers particularly when it's sort of uh, yeah, industry type uh, type people because these you know these conferences are um, yeah they're, they're very dedicated to um, um, people who are selling these products and, yeah, yeah. and developing for them. It's, yeah. it's scaled back as well, isn't it? Sort of from where it had its beginnings with booth babes and all that sort of palaver. You know, remember the, there was the controversies around naked, you know, half-naked women around booths and how inappropriate it was and yeah, those things sort of seem to go yeah. in in and out of uh, in and out of vogue, but they um, they always continue to a degree. Mm. Yeah, particularly in any any industry that's heavily male dominated, the way tech and gaming is, mm. there's always going to be booth babes. Uh, the the really tough part is identifying a very smart person standing at one of these booths who happens to be an attractive female. Yeah, uh, they it's a, they're the people I feel sorry for. But, but of course, now with now with social media, the beginnings of these conferences didn't have so you know so much social media. Now that now people can name and shame, and the commentary gets boots. out very strong. Away, it yeah. does, yeah. One yeah. Co- one um, conference I went to, we did a, a Puritan Booth Babe Award, and we awarded for the Booth Babes who are covered from ankle to wrist. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, a whole, I guess, a whole bunch of sort of announcements really at, at E3. Mm. Uh, any particular ones, guys, that that are sort of uh, you know jumped out for you? We were just chatting before about uh, Sony's Wonder Book, uh, which wasn't one. Uh, that that I'd heard too much about still until we we started uh, chatting about it. Glenn, what what was your take on that one? Yeah, so they've um, what are they've they've collaborated with uh, the um, Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling um, to create. Basically, it's a, a tablet that's in front of your computer, and and this really sounds a lot like um, something that came out of Christchurch, a, a company called Mindspace, who uh, collaborated with Popar Books. In America, in fact, they just won Top Toy Award for 2012. Um, for you, basically, you put the piece of technology, and I'm not totally okay with what the technology is that you put in front of the computer. But mm. you've got the, the camera um, on top of the computer, and the child sitting there in front of this. I think it's basically essentially a book, yeah, and um, and a computer screen, and whatever's being uh, captured on that camera. Um, will pop up on the on the computer screen in a uh, virtual 
sort of environment. So the mm. kids is, is, is playing with this virtual kind of pop-up book. And from what I can tell, Sony has come out with the same thing. So let the patent wars begin. <laughs> Hopefully who Sony have licensed it. Yeah, yeah, perhaps so. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting to see a reversal of what I had. I, my, my kids are teenage now, so uh, we, when they were growing up, it was, it was the reverse. We had a, a tape or a CD that you'd play, and it would tell you when to turn the page. That's right. Whereas yeah. now you're telling the, the recording when you've turned the page. Yes. I think that's a really cool, much more engaging for the, the children. It turns it on its head. Mm. Yeah. But, they, but that, that idea of um, interacting in that virtual space, and we've seen, it's, it's kind of augmented reality. Essentially, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, yeah, the, the augmented reality things I've had a look at so far have been sort of pretty disappointing, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see um, how this comes through and whether whether it, it lives up to any sort of hype or, or not. Now, also from, uh, from Sony is they've launched uh, PlayStation Plus, which... I guess is their um, uh, their competition with Microsoft's Xbox Live uh, Gold service. So it's sort of a premium uh, premium offering for uh, uh, for PlayStation users that that has a uh, a subscription fee associated with it. You get free games and other bits and pieces that are sort of uh, rolled into that. Um, Perhaps they've ne- ne- neglected that area, and Microsoft has really owned it. Well, yeah, they have they have done for a long time at that sort of top end. Um, the Xbox Live Gold has, I mean, a for Microsoft to generate them a huge amount of money uh, because they've got so many million uh, subscribers mm. paying. Um, um, I think this US subscription is about sixty sixty dollars a year, um, and the variances of those around the world. So, uh, you know, ev- eventually, I guess Sony had to uh, had to jump on board. And, uh, and and come up with um, with something that gave a bit more than the um, than the free capabilities of the PlayStation Network, yeah. and you know from a, a revenue perspective for them, uh, it'll help them develop PlayStation uh, you know further. And I think we've been seeing a lot of that with the Xbox recently. A whole lot of uh, you know new additions coming in for mm. uh, for those um, Xbox Live Gold members uh, in terms of apps and. And uh, other services, so I imagine Sony's going to be able to uh, uh, drop a little bit more, um, you know, down on the users with this subscription. Well, I wonder if this plays into what they uh, will be rolling out with the next consoles, where the consoles will be, um, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that, I think, because there has been no announcements for new um, consoles, you know, big, con- you know, Xbox or, or PlayStation. Um, but the, but the, what this, I guess they're saying is that the next generation will be low cost. You you know you'll only pay a nominal fee for the console, and all the, your um, all the revenue will be going into sub- subscriptions. Um, and I think they've already introduced that with the Xbox in the states, ninety nine dollar Xbox. That's right. Yeah, where you co- you commit like you yeah. commit to a, a plan with you know you get a cheap mobile that's subsidised. Right. Um, Same yeah, model. They're, yeah, they're trying something similar, which, mm. which is is yeah. I think it's interesting to see. I'm not sure, undecided as to whether it's good or bad, mm. but. Um, the, yeah, that yeah. ongoing service model, uh, income every month, is is the way the business stays yeah. together. It's it's an inevitable move. Hmm. Uh, the interesting thing to see will be whether things like games um, cease to be something you buy from a game retail store, whether that whole distribution of media starts to disappear the way we've seen it start to disappear with music. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely moving that way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, everything's sort of moving. Yeah, subscription in a, in a whole lot of areas. Now, um, 
some, something that has happened in the last week that's not uh, necessarily tied to E3, uh, but in this whole entertainment space. Uh, we've talked a lot on the podcast around uh, using Netflix and those sort of US services on the uh, on the Xbox and and um, Roku boxes and, and and PlayStation and so on. Um, and we we heard uh, a few weeks ago that uh, Amazon's video streaming service had come to the um, the PS3. Mm. Uh, we've now got confirmation that is out on uh, Xbox. In fact, I've been having a play around with it. Um, so if you've got a US VPN set up and you've got a uh, a um, Amazon, uh, particularly the Amazon Prime subscription. And what what do you need for the Prime subscription from from New Zealand? Uh, you'd need to jump through the usual sort of hoops to get Netflix, which is a, a VPN and and yeah. and so on to do it. And we we do have a page up on the NZ Tech Podcast website about about those steps. But do you need a US or a New Zealand credit card for for Amazon? Uh, a New Zealand credit card seems to work fine for the okay. Prime subscription, so that that's what I've got. Um, I I trialed out the Prime subscription when I was in the states uh, last year, uh, where I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted shipped to me. So you you could go on a month trial for Prime and you get free two day shipping. Mm. So I ordered a whole bunch of stuff and it was shipped free. And then when I was back in the states in January, I wanted to buy a, a lot more stuff. Um, and I ended up with eight boxes worth of product um, shipped through to the hotel for me, and I figured out that it was wasn't quite going to be cheaper to sign up for the annual Prime subscription at I think seventy five uh, US dollars, but it was you know it almost paid for itself for that, and the Prime subscription as well gives you your streaming service, which in many regards is is very similar to uh, to Netflix. And it's seventy five dollars for a year is actually cheaper than Netflix. So, um, having that accessible on on now a whole range of of platforms from the Xbox, um, you know, down is uh, yeah, it's pretty enticing. Hmm. Well worth checking out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that that was one of the one of the little bits of uh, uh, Xbox and, and Microsoft news. The other thing, uh, and I think this came out uh, as part of E three. Uh, was that uh, Microsoft are um, really relaunching their video streaming and music streaming stuff under the Xbox brand, whereas they had that Zune brand there for uh, for a few years. So they're really anything to do with entertainment for Microsoft seems to be now coming under that Xbox brand, whereas traditionally we thought of Xbox really as gaming, and now Xbox is all about entertainment, whether it's gaming or whether it's music or whether it's videos. Well, you now have got um, ESPN all the various ESPN channels now streaming in the States as well. They announced that. Um, a, a bunch of other channel partners as well, like uh, Machinima and a few others in there as well. So it's really cementing itself as the entertainment device in the, in, in the, in the home lounge as opposed to a gaming machine. And it, it was the stats that came out, I think it was last year now, that um, uh, in the US at least, most people are, are using their Xbox for video streaming and that sort of thing rather than gaming in fact over 50% mm. I don't think that's happening here in New Zealand yet because we just don't have there's the, not just not so much there's just not so much video content available mm. um, via the large, Xbox without or, a large amount of hoop jumping yeah yeah. yeah. So, I mean now we've got HBO Go as mm. well on the Xbox in the States now also on the uh, the Xbox or yeah very tightly tightly integrated with the Xbox is this uh, news about uh, smart glass uh, now, 
that comes hand in hand with the announcements or the the, the details that we've heard about uh, Nintendo's new console, and they are the one coming out with something new, which is the Wii U. Um, these things always hand odd names, don't they? Consoles? Which they announced last year as well. Yeah. So, it's so, feel so they, they announced it at E3 last yeah. year. It's now sort of almost here, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and so they've sh- they've shown off the... Um, what do you call it? It's a sort of a controller with a with a um, with a touch video screen in yeah. it, right? The new controller. It, uh, it looks a little to me. It always looks a little bit like a uh, a bleached Fisher Price toy. It just <laughs> looks the wrong size to take too seriously. I, I, it looks like a cross between a mobile device that should be much smaller and sleeker. Yep. And something that should hang on the wall and have a separate controller. So mm. it, it still looks weird in my head. Which, I'm really um, looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to trying it out. And thinking just historically, seeing, seeing that probably it means it's going to be really successful if it fe- feels weird in my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we will have to get the uh, Nintendo guys in again um, for for a bit of an update on on that, and uh, you know, a bit of a hands on, I guess. So um, we will come back in a future episode on. Uh, well, they really need that. something to re- rejuvenate that brand. I mean, it wasn't that long ago they were rolling, of course. With the Wii, yeah, they um, did. It. They've done extremely well, I think, over its lifetime. But it, you know, now that we've got the, uh, you know, Connect and, but and you know, I wonder um, how, how well how well is it? That I guess, but, you know, to the accountants, I suppose it's good that all these consoles were bought. But I, I, most people I've spoken to have ever owned one. It, you know, they bought it and then it collects collects dust. It, it just sat there and was never mm, used mm. for a long time. So. And that's where is these that devices need to be able to be become, uh, you know, entertainment devices. I think yeah. that, you know, that's why we use the, the Xbox, uh, you know, every time we turn the TV on, we turn on the, the, mm. the Xbox goes on and the TV goes on and we watch all our media through it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I guess from from a, a real sort of stickiness sort of perspective of success rather than just, yeah, we tick a box, we sold 50 million of them and we sold 100 million games. Uh, if people are always interacting, then they, you know, then it's going to be worth it for them to then have these monthly subscriptions and mm. and other uh, bits and pieces that really make it uh, are profitable for the companies concerned. But how do you feel about um, the, the the lack of a, a console announcement from Xbox and Sony PlayStation? I mean, we were talking now six years. Yeah, I I, I guess I wasn't expecting anything this time round. I think they. They will. I mean, any company needs to be cautious about announcing something that's going to stop sales of an existing product. Mm. And Microsoft have been taking a more um, uh, secretive approach, in, in you know, I guess over the last year around their announcements. So they're very cautious about information that they they let out. They don't they don't necessarily want to talk about something unless it really is of advantage to them. And we've seen a similar thing around uh, Windows Phone and you know some of the news and and rumory bits there and i guess they'll open their kimono a little bit more with uh with the announcement on uh, i think it's june the 20th around um uh windows phone and yeah i think they're they're doing something similar um they had talked about a they talked about a 10-year lifespan they talked about a wow. very a very long lifespan for for the current console which is a good thing if you've invested in it it's the true. other thought i had was how much has has we pushed the boundaries of the current console if you recall when when both xbox and ps3 were released these were leading edge pieces of technology people were building compute clusters out of groups of ps3s mm. and i think that's why the nintendo's fallen off is that it wasn't in that class and so it's it's become tired when the other products are still quite fresh 
I don't hear people saying this this Xbox doesn't yeah. play as good a game as I can play on a current PC. Yeah. Yeah. It is quite refreshing for consumers to have that certainty that if they invest in a piece of technology, say now, you know, it's not going to be replaced even in a year's time, whereas you get a phone and it's superseded, you know, just a few months later, isn't mm. it? Well, I think now that, now that Microsoft and and Sony are moving into a position where their revenue comes from a, an add-on subscription, there becomes less reason for these products to get obsoleted as well. And, mm. and we even saw that with the with the PS2. Uh, you know, his, you know, the PlayStation Two must be over a decade old now, um, and. Yeah, there was quite a window of time where those were selling alongside the new model. And I think there, there's likely to be that sort of opportunity around the Xbox 360. And and even if they aren't selling them, there's still reason for them to uh, want to support them and keep adding features because mm. then people will keep paying their monthly subscriptions. So, you know, they should be less bothered about what hardware that you're running. And certainly I'm happy if I don't have to spend $1,000 on on you know, say one or two new consoles to to attach to the TVs at home. If I can do everything with an Xbox 360, then yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, and especially with some of the price points we've seen them coming down to, uh, nearly as low as the Apple TV and and you know some of the sales and so on. I think around you know Christmas Boxing Day sales, there was uh, one one of the stores was was doing Xbox 360 unit for you know sub two hundred dollar mm. type price. Um, which is um, yeah, you're getting a pretty pretty powerful box and and a big feature set for that money. I managed to get rid of one on the weekend down at the um, Avondale Market. Oh yes, you you did a big uh, sell off <laughs> of all your stuff yeah. because you travelled clear out. <laughs> yeah, ninety bucks. For it off for first generation as well. Oh, three sixty. Probably a bargain, I reckon. Because it was, it was mint. It had, it had been through its uh, repair cycle. You know, had right. the, had the what do you, you know the rings. It of was dead. the grandfather's axe. Now it, <laughs> it was the only thing that was still original was the power cable. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that cost Microsoft a bit of money back in it the did. day, didn't it? It yeah. was a billion dollars that they that they set aside for re- Xbox repairs. I, I think. I don't think there was there was a first gen that didn't have that problem. <laughs> I think they all eventually had it. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's I've the still m- got I've still got one of the white ones, but it wasn't the very uh, yeah. you know, or, original, um, you know, next, model next beige year. one, um, and it's still going. What uh, What's the market for a PlayStation One at the moment? Because I've got one of those hanging around. I don't think it's quite well. Got, I think if you if you yet. if you keep hanging on to it for another ten, maybe fifteen maybe, yeah. years, but it's got to be um, in working then, then that's going to yeah. be a, a really good collectible. Hey, particularly if you got the little PS One screen as well, a little tiny LCD that would would sit on the top of it. Then, oh. then you'd be in for it. Didn't have one of those. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what was the what were the other big sort of stories around E uh, three? Oh, I guess to, coming back to Microsoft Smart Glass. So that's designed to sort of. Um, do some similar things to the Wii U, so but it, but instead of you having to have this extra um, uh, piece that comes with a console, you'll be able to use your smartphone. Yeah, and 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 I guess that's what they're talking about. The glass on your smartphone becomes an extension of the console. And whether or not your smartphone is your iPhone or your Android phone is yet to be. Well, it sounds it sounds like, although not officially confirmed, it sounds like that they will support all the platforms as as they have been doing. Uh, in recent times, with Windows Phone being being the um, probably first cab off the rank because they want to give some exclusiveness to their own product, yeah. and we're actually seeing a little bit of that smart glass type technology without the the fancy naming to it 
uh, right now on the Windows phone where, where um, you know, we've, we've got an app that it gives you uh, some control over over Netflix and um, the, and the like straight from your phone. The companion um, app. That's it, Xbox mm. Companion. Yeah, and uh, and it, that is actually quite a quite a good. Um, oh, I don't know. It's uh, a bit of a start, gimmick. but um, it's a gimmick, though, isn't it? I mean, I've I've used it a couple of times because I thought oh, it'd be fun, and then I put it away. If you can't find your remote, it's kind of handy. And yeah. uh, the other thing that I often find when I'm watching a movie is I am interested a little bit to find a little bit more info. I am, and it gives you a little. It gives you a little <laughs> sort of taste. So if they can, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but if they can have that linked in so you can go straight to your IMDb or your Rotten Tomatoes type uh, yeah. information, then I think that would be uh, that would be just, just perfect. Mm. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of room of where they can grow with it. The other thing that's been uh, touted and, again, not confirmed is that um, the smart glass capability may well extend to what we're seeing with um, Apple TV and the AirPlay mirroring type functionality where you can... Uh, take what's on, say, your Windows 8 uh, laptop or tablet screen and push that up to your TV or your projector, whatever your Xbox That's is useful. connected to. That's cool. Uh, so I'm really hopeful they come through with that because that would be, uh, you know, that would be great. And even just being able to push videos and and other content, uh, you know, straight from any app on uh, on a tablet or uh, or smartphone up onto the uh, the screen is is real handy. And they're then talking about having some context remaining on the tablet. They're talking about here having a uh, an episode of Game of Thrones pl- playing on the TV that's been s- thrown there from your your uh, tablet. But then on the actual tablet, you're you're retaining a map of the, mm, the fictional the world. Uh, where is it, Westeros? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. That is, that's yeah, that, cool. That sort of interactivity, I think, is, is an interesting uh, angle. Also, Internet Explorer as well, bringing that finally to the Xbox, so the browsing capability. Um, I just wonder if Flash will be integrated into that or not. Yeah, well, it's interesting, uh, and we, we've got a lot of Windows 8 little bits and pieces to chat about later, but uh, you know, the Win- Windows 8 has got this sort of, even in its metro mode where there's no add-ons, they've, they've managed to integrate uh, Flash you know, right into uh, into the you know into the core of the browser itself. So, I guess there's a possibility we we could see something like that happen on the Xbox. I, I don't know whether it's as important. Maybe. Well, um, and the, an example for me, the reason why I would want to use Internet Explorer wouldn't be to just to generally browse or browse blogs or read news sites. It would be to bring up content that I couldn't get through other media channels to the Xbox, like say TV3 or TVNZ. You know, and watch something through the Xbox, through the uh, Internet Explorer there, and hopefully it would support Flash, and these things would actually work. Well, you can expect, I guess, uh, HTML5 you know video capabilities, which are which are coming through more and more. Mm. Uh, but yeah, whether it'll be Flash, I, I guess that's a little bit of wait and see. I don't think they've actually made any formal. They've given out that sort no, of level so. of detail yet. So, see, I see this as being a sort of a, a extension of of the. Xbox doing all of your media being let's let's take what was fairly successful with Windows Media Center and personally that's what my media consumption device is I've got two of them running in my uh, at, at home and the sort of functionality that's available through having a full Windows machine is starting to grow on the the Xbox device and if I can buy a device for two hundred dollars compared to spending eight hundred to a thousand dollars for a reasonable media center machine then it's that may well convert me to using Xbox there. Mm. So how does, how, I mean, I reckon this makes the whole smart TV revolution kind of re- redundant if people are adopting set-top box like an Xbox. I agree, and I think that's been my opinion of some, for some time, that it's it's generally 
a better move to buy a good set-top box, a good uh, Xbox, PlayStation, you know, whatever the best gadget of the moment is, Apple TV, uh, or most relevant one to your requirements, mm-hmm. than, uh, than putting that money into a TV that has all the smart features because your TV you know primarily i want my tv to be the display device and if all the smarts are in the tv then it's going to get out of date really quickly mm. and you know we're not we're certainly not used to seeing tvs get big major software updates whereas the xbox and the apple tv and so on these are getting you know new software updates and and become increasingly more uh, powerful and and capable uh, um, as time goes on and also if one of them gets out of date you can you know, for a fairly small cost compared to the cost of a high-end TV, you can you know uh, ditch it and and yeah. get the, and get the newest one. Un- unless the manufacturers went away from this proprietary stuff and and adopted something like Google TV across the board, and that's where it's the the engineering dollars that the the uh, TV vendors don't have because they won't sell the number of units of a particular TV compared to the number of units of of an Xbox or a PS3 or whatever the the right consumption device is. Yeah. That, yeah, that uh, development cost is huge, and mm. that's why we don't see the rate of change and rate of updates on the phones that we on the uh, TVs that we see on the the set top boxes. Yeah. Um, but that said, I mean, we are seeing some you know some cool new stuff coming through, and the you know the newest Samsung uh, TVs that uh, that we looked at uh, going back you know a few weeks, you know, with a, a really nice browser in them and some Connect type capabilities for voice recognition. Um, you know that that side of it is definitely you know is moving along nicely, and there is a real convenience factor out of having everything built into one device as well. So, yeah, I think we just have to keep watching all these spaces and um, and and we'll see where it goes. But uh, certainly at the moment, I'm I'm you know I'm getting by with an old TV without any you know any problems at all. And when I say old TV, it, it might be. Yeah, at most two years old, but... Uh, Isn't it funny? We are just talking about E3, but yet we've mostly talked about TV and media consumption rather than... Uh, we rather haven't even mentioned one gaming. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that just shows, I guess, we, uh, you know, the, the, these devices are, are headed. Gaming seems an afterthought in some ways. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think for and from a mainstream perspective, you know, most people... Are consuming media mm. uh, to a far bigger extent than they are playing games, and I know there'll be you know there'll be a lot of listeners that are uh, real big gaming fans uh, too. But you know, if we talk about the broader audience and the opportunity for console makers to make mm. more money, it's out of uh, it's out of something that suits that that broader audience and, um, and, and, as well as you know they obviously can make, maybe makes more more money out of the hardcore gamers, yeah. but. Uh, and saying that, I, I do like the look of the new SimCity that's on the way. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the initial trailer for that. It just it looks gorgeous. This the graphics in it just it's what you imagine the you know SimCity 2000. If you zoom down to a micro level, things should look. You know, it just yeah. I'm, I'll look I'm forward to having a look at that. that. I think when I first played SimCity would be um, boy that must have come out around. I'm thinking twenty years ago. Well, the one I played in, in that direction, the, 90, very, the very four ninety five. Yeah, the yeah. very first one was was definitely way back in. Yeah, um, I, I'm thinking of, earlier than that. Early, was, early, was early nineties. Six PC that I played it for somewhere around twenty four hours. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah, no, I'll be interested to have a have a have a look at that one too. So that that, that sounds cool. Now, um, d- jumping across to Win- Windows eight because that's the other thing that's really been. Um, um, 
I guess, you know, big in, in the news in the last few days. So, you know, first of all, on Friday, New Zealand time, uh, Microsoft uh, made available the release preview of Windows 8. So that's available for anyone to uh, uh, jump out online and to download uh, now. And I fired that up. In fact, I did an upgrade from uh, Windows 7 on uh, on one of my laptops. And uh, it was a pretty seamless process, actually. Worked really well. Uh, and, yeah, I haven't really found anything major that's broken. It's the odd oddity, but... Um, yeah, we expect that with some with pre-release software, mm. but it, it seems to be running really nicely. And there's quite a few uh, uh, advancements from the um, consumer preview that we, that we had out uh, um, that Microsoft had out and and, uh, and available what two or three months ago now. Yeah, that was was sort of March time, I think mm. that was out. And uh, yeah, it's I've been running it on my, my number two laptop rather than my my getting work done laptop, and uh, it seems to work pretty well. The uh, upgrade for me was not quite so seamless. It, it essentially was a, uh, we found Windows already installed on this machine, and uh, so we're going to put in a windows.old folder and uh, do a clean install. Oh, uh, no, that's how Windows installs now, though. And it, and what I found was it actually worked pretty flawlessly. So. And yeah, the, the nice thing was that then went out to the market and said, well, you're signed in with this particular Windows Live account, and previously you've used that Windows Live account with another Windows 8 PC. Right, same, same physical piece of tin, but then mm. it went out and said, "Yeah, here's, here's the applications that went with it." And it didn't quite as seamless as I would have liked. It didn't bring all of my mail settings and those kind of things across. Right. Yeah. Uh, at least I don't recall it bringing them across. Uh, you know, there's still some work to do there, but as, mm. as you'd expect, it's it's early release versus uh, nearly released to, to customer, and you don't expect those upgrades to be particularly seamless. Mm. It still seems to me, just um, having not installed it myself, but I, watching uh, you play around with it, um, it, it, if it's if you're installing it on a PC where you're primarily using a mouse, I don't see any point in the in the tiles or that that new start home feature. Uh, really seems primarily for uh, for a touch, for a touch screen. device. I yeah, completely yeah. agree. I, I I would I would say after using it that. Um, that the 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 input method doesn't actually matter for that. So what I see this, I guess the metro the metro start screen mm. just replaces what was a very small menu for starting applications. And because that's all you're doing, you may as well have it fill up the screen. And the nice thing is when you go into that, you're then you're getting all this other rich information that's quite useful. So you go into start an application, and you can see. Uh, you know, a little reminder about the next meeting you've got, or you know, you can, uh, you know, if you're following um, share prices, you can see that the, you know, the current stock things have updated, or you know, there's a whole range of things. There's a there's a new news app, and I'm touching with my finger now, wishing I had a touch yeah. screen on this yeah. laptop. Um, but but the <clears> you know the practicalness of actually seeing all of that live, the the weather and so on, is actually quite useful. And I find as I log in and flick through. Just having those that live information there is is actually quite. But there's handy. something nice about coming home to your desktop environment. You know, you've got all these touch devices throughout the day: your phone, your tablet, and whatnot. And something just nice and homely about. You the wouldn't desktop. think he was the one person here with no grey hair when he's getting very nostalgic <laughs> for a Windows XP type desktop. <clears throat> it, uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, I, I, I just I just. I just wonder, you know, how I think it's going to be a bit of a gimmick. And the, and the people, the people who I feel for are the wallpaper makers. Essentially, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, if, if everyone's going to be using this new Metro screen, 
What are all the wallpaper makers going to do? They're going to start writing live <laughs> tiles. Oh. And so it's going to be, instead of 15 different sizes of wallpaper, there'll only be three because there's three different sizes of the live tile. So yeah. it'll be much easier for them. <laughs> um, now, in terms of probably the, the new things, there really is a whole lot new with this release. But um, one of the things is, for those that have had, had a look at the... Um, um, the consumer preview is we've now got a, a built-in uh, news application, uh, travel application, uh, uh, sports application, and the, the finance app, and those are all with live tiles. So they're actually quite quite nice. And when you go into the news app, um, it's it's actually a really nice uh, user interface for just you know reading these news feeds casual consumption of news and i think one of the things is that that you're poking your finger at the screen is very telling about what the user interface is really aimed at it is aimed at a touch device and it will be at its best at a touch device but you're still telling us that that the user interface is going to work really well on a non-touch device which, which is how i which is how i use it today until i can get a until i can get a, a good you know tablet that's designed yeah, for I, uh, i'm hanging out for that, uh, that windows rt tablet with windows a really high res screen retina type display on it i really want that uh, I travel a lot, and I'd like to just have something that that weighs like an iPad weighs, but lets me actually have a, a full Windows instance or a semi-full Windows instance. Yeah, well, we were looking at that video earlier, and and we'll try and uh, put this up in the show notes. But there's a uh, a video that's just come out in the last uh, day to uh, uh, one of the yeah, the, I guess the first Windows RT tablet really to be sort of fully uh, shown off, uh, and this has come from the Computex. Um, uh, show in Taipei. Show, yeah, in, uh, in Taipei. So, um, and there were a whole lot of other things that, that really were shown off there, and I guess Windows 8 was the focus in terms of the hardware. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of tablets, um, you know, that are, well, there's only a few so far, but we, we expect that to sort of turn into a, a lot of Windows 8-type tablets yeah, there was um, some over nice, the next few months. Yeah, some nice-looking Acer ones with nice docks on them and high-res displays and docks that include keyboards. It looks like there's going to be a whole range of stuff. Some of the coverage on uh, on Engadget was talking about there being 50 different Windows 8 devices launched at or announced at Computex. Yeah, and we've got the new uh, we've got the new uh, laptops of of which the, you know we're starting to see touchscreens on the laptops, which is pretty cool as well. Mm. Uh, and uh, also the new um, uh, the new uh, Intel uh, CPUs, which we talked about in recent weeks. Um, they've now released the dual core um, the the dual core laptop uh, chips and that third uh, generation of. Um, um, the Ivy Bridge, the yeah, the Ivy Bridge um, CPU. So we're seeing uh, um, Samsung have just announced their new their new yeah. Series Nine, uh, which looks absolutely stunning. That's good. So we hope to have hands on with that in the next, um, hopefully, in the next week or two. Well, they they're almost like shell like sort of laptops, aren't they? They're just so, so thin. They're, they they are yeah. getting really thin, mm. yeah, and and necessarily sort of you know aluminium you know yeah. built so that they they can be they can be tough enough they need to be something uh, quite 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 strong um to to be able to be you know robust yeah um there's the new uh lenovo uh, uh, have uh, have announced their new uh, sort of business class uh machines as well we've got the x230 uh, and the uh, the uh, the the t series ones coming through uh, and HP have been showing off the new um, the NVs, the MVs, and yeah. th- those those are those are looking really nice. We had a, a bit of a sneak preview of, of one of those um, two, or, two or three months back, and 
that's, yeah. that's definitely on my, my list of nice nice laptops. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be talking about that one uh, probably again, over, hopefully over the next uh, uh, week or two when those uh, those land and sort of available for us to uh, give, you know give some hands on uh, experience off. So does Windows Eight ever get rolled out into enterprise and a business sort of application? Area, you know, through our, um, corporate networks. Well, what, what we, what, I guess, what we're used to seeing with new OSs is, is that the bigger corporates will move fairly slowly, and the small businesses will move fairly quickly to take advantage. What's your take on yeah, that? Yeah, that's Alistair? absolutely the, the nature of scale. Is that a, an organisation that's got five staff can move onto this very quickly without too much supporting infrastructure? But a, an organisation, uh, an enterprise tech, and an organisation with five thousand staff is going to move much more slowly. But I, I don't see that the the transition from Windows eight uh, Windows seven to Windows eight is going to make as much difference, provided the enterprise customer is going to be able to put a start menu in. Yeah, because I think that's going to be a big retrain. Well, it seems to me that 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 Metro interface lends itself to that corporate atmosphere where the, the things are very structured and you will only access this and nothing else within the... Well, if, if we see an extension of things like the App Store being able to be deployed out internally within a, a uh, an organisation where they have these thousands of staff and they have these prepackaged applications, mm. if we get that integration all the way down into the consumer accessibility that we see in these, these consumer-oriented operating systems, I think it'll be a huge benefit for enterprise customers. I think it's a positive there, but, but my take on it for consumers is that it's a negative where, you, where people are confronted with a metro, metro interface and then have a very funneled, narrow, sort of walled garden experience of what the web But the is walled about. garden experience has been extremely successful for Apple because yeah. most people don't want to know. Most people what, want it there? nice and simple. Yeah. That's a shame. And the and the interesting thing about the user interface, and I've you know showed it to some very sort of non-technical people, and you know they instantly felt quite at home with it because it's just so natural. Mm. It's a little bit like when you put a um, a modern smartphone or an iPad in in front of a a one-year-old or a two-year-old. It doesn't take them long to actually find their way to work their, out find their way around it because their games. because it's it, it is actually so natural. So although it is a really big uh, you know change in in user interface, and of course we've still got the old desktop sitting there uh, in the background for uh, you know traditional apps, it it doesn't seem as though it's going to be too scary for getting people used to this uh, new new way of operating. But you do wonder, sort of, in the future, um, if the NZ Tech podcast was starting under a, a Windows 8 um, further down the track in this Metro interface. You know, how would you di- get discovered? You know, how if everyone was interacting through through these apps, you know, you'd have to somehow make sure that your um, site and program and show was funneled through a particular app that people were using. Yeah, well, I guess today, you know, people discover us through uh, through iTunes, through iTunes uh, and through. through Twitter. Twitter and Facebook and 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 word of mouth. So, you know those those things will probably so home pages and, and web pages become less and less important. I think that's one of the things that we are seeing as, as with the rise of social media is that you know, activities like blogging is no longer uh, quite the place to be mm. because it's it's not gathering the eyeballs the way it did when it was new and exciting. But I think there is still a place for it in the same way that there's a place for a huge amount of other technology that's still around before. Uh, I often talk about the long tail of technology. The technology that was being used 10 years ago is still being used. The technology that was being used 20 years ago 
an enterprise tech, the mainframe has been dead for the last 30 years and it's alive and well in a vast number of organisations. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll see the same thing around different ways of consuming media, but I think your concern that everybody is getting access through these sort of gated points, these marketplaces, and yeah. Apple's is the most tightly curated marketplace. If they don't approve of what you want to do, it just doesn't show up. And I think that is a valid concern. And also another one being being Facebook, where, where a lot of people's experience of the what is the web is now through Facebook. They spend most of their time in there, and that's where they get their news. And I'm sure it was a previous show here that I recall the, the comment that I've seen in my in-laws is, is the internet is, is Google. Um, mm. The first page that comes up on my PC is Google, and to find something, I'll type a website name into the Google search bar. And search for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's certainly the experience that I see with my in-laws. Mm. Uh, but they get to the information they want. Yeah. Do we just assume that all this stuff sorts itself out? Well, I think it does. And, you know, you talk about getting to that all you see is Facebook. But, you know, Facebook is, is another, uh, you know, uh, filter that can be really, really handy because, you know, you, you've got your friends and your network sort of, you know, feeding mm. you stuff. Oh, I found this cool video online. But it's, found but this, it's the internet on this, their terms, This, though, this uh, you know, interesting piece of content, whereas if you just trawl around the web on your own without any sort of assistance, um, yeah, you might find, all, you know, all sorts of interesting stuff, but, but you can spend a really long time doing it. So, you know, there you is know, I'm, benefit I'm not, of drawing from these I'm not the one with grey hairs, but tools. I do, I, you know, I love going back to that, that blank screen. Or where do I go to now? You know, that... Even, or even if it's even it's just the Google search page, where should I go? I love the Google search page as a start point because mm. it gives you that, as you say, that blank page. The the opportunities are infinite, but also that's incredibly frightening for some people. So I th- the other thing I'd like to th- think about Facebook is that yeah, sure, it's a massive thing that is a large part of internet use now, but one day the revolution will come, mm. and it will cease to be interesting. All of the media, this podcast included, only exists because people are looking. When people don't get what they want, they'll stop looking. And it, that, that sort of media content all just disappears and something else grows up to replace it. People mm. will always want to look at something. Mm. Now, jumping back to um, little news bits and pieces. Now, we had heard recently that uh, Windows 8 buyers who bought um, new machines from a particular date, um, that's been confirmed that from any uh, Windows PC or laptop bought after 2nd of June uh, with Windows 7 on it, uh, you will be able to upgrade that to Windows 8, and it's going to be um, 20 New Zealand dollars. So that's quite simple and, and fairly low cost, and it comes in a download form, whereas last time around with uh, with these for Windows uh, 7, you had to order some media, and it, it took, took a very long shot. time to come. So you know, if you were really wanting to run the new release quickly, uh, you'd have to still go out and buy an upgrade because it would take a month or two to get to you uh, in some cases. And the cases. cost was significantly higher as well because of that physical shop. Yeah, so um, so that's quite cool. Hopefully, this is a quick question, but um, if if you stripped away the Windows 8 Metro interface, is it essentially just Windows 7? So you, would, I mean, if you got Windows 7, are, do you really need to upgrade? There are certainly elements that are just carried over, like Windows. You know, Windows 7 had all the stuff of Windows Vista, plus some more, and plus some speed, and 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 so on. So you know, we've got an operating system that's a little bit smaller, so it should run. Uh, you know, in most cases, it, you know, um, at a good good speed on existing hardware. Um, but yeah, there are a bunch of other you know things I guess under under the hood with Windows mm. 8 that even for an everyday user that isn't you know too interested in the Metro side of it, um, you know, will will be a, will be of some benefit I would think. Uh, and certainly in a in a business scenario, 
um, you know, there there are a range of uh, there are a range of goodies in there under the hood as well. Okay. Well, so so the, so um, that's peace of mind um, after after the fifth. What is it? The fifth of June. Uh, second of June. Second of June. Second of June. Yeah. So right so now. Now. That's mm. good. So um, yeah, but I mean, you know, personally, if I was going to make a big a big um, you know purchase, and I wasn't un, you know under any sort of pressure to get it. Uh, I'd be looking out for some of those new uh, new tablets that'll be a little bit later on in the year. Okay. Um, but if you need some something now, um, then yeah, there, there are plenty, buy, plenty buy of good options. And even if you're just buying uh, a machine with the um, uh, home versions of Windows Seven on them, uh, my understanding is that you'll get an upgrade to the professional version of Windows Eight for that twenty dollars, which is quite cool because usually there's sort of um, you know, a big difference to sort of step up from a home version to the professional version of uh, of Windows. Mm. Uh, now, other sort of local, um, locally related stuff. Um, there's a new uh, Met Service app out now. Alistair, have you had a little bit of a look at this one? Yeah, I yeah, downloaded this today. So uh, I, you have to pay for it, right? It is. Yeah. It was was a whole two dollars and fifty nine of our New Zealand cents. Yeah, um, which. Uh, so, it's not a, a huge amount, but certainly I, I've used a weather app previously that was free, and um, you know, $2.59, I'm not worried about spending that. It's less than a cup of coffee. Bill English has demanded that uh, they make start making some money. I so think. there you go. Yeah. So is it worth it? Is it good? It's very pretty. It's, um, it looks pretty, doesn't it? Yeah, and I downloaded it and ran it once. I uh, spent today in Hamilton where it was raining, and so I got a picture of somebody with gumboots on uh, telling me that it was raining. Uh, the the advice did say to wear two layers of clothing, but it didn't say that one of those layers should be waterproof. <laughs> I drove now up to, to Auckland to the uh, New Zealand Tech Podcast Studios, and uh, unfortunately I had to refresh before it told me that I should also wear two layers of clothing in gumboots in Auckland. <coughs> Fair enough. Um, Dan, Dan Corbett, who does the videos, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's from EZX BBC, yeah. and so he's a bit of a showman as well, and... Uh, and uh, boy, I just love watching his videos, and he's got his little quirky thing that he does at the end of each video as well, which you, you can check out. But I'm a little bit disappointed that, um, and this happens so much with uh, Android apps, is they don't reformat the apps for uh, tablet screens, so it all ends up all kinds of stretched. So stretched and squished and so on. Yeah. 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 yeah, the factoring is not, not quite right. Yeah, but that should be an easy fix once they do it. It's got Rain Radar. I can't leave the house without checking out the Rain Radar, so, uh, so that's nice. Well, wow. so if you're a real sort of um, um, weather, I don't know, um, addict or something, yeah. you'd like looking into all that stuff. It's it's definitely well, uh, worth getting for me. Only because I, I drive a scooter and um, and rain right. radar is important. Okay, <laughs> driving scooters yeah. and it's raining above Auckland right now. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm probably one of those that's just quite happy with a little bit of basic info that'll come up on yep. most smartphones and and just gives me an idea because. Um, but a, yeah. uh, a prettier presentation is a nice thing. I know it's, yeah. it's one of those things that, is, as a technical person, uh, shouldn't make a difference, but it definitely does, having yeah. that nice, nice graphic. It was done in-house. It was done in-house. The Android version was done in-house at MedService. So there must be some boffins there. But the yeah, um, iPhone cool. one was done by the Wellington crowd as a pocket smith, or whatever they're called. They, they were the same ones who did the budget. Um, yeah, hold on. I've got it, uh, I've got it here. Uh, but they seem to be the um, the go-to crowd in New Zealand at the moment for iPhone apps or apps in general because I think they they did the Android version for the budget as well. Yeah, there's qu- well, there's quite a, there's really quite a um, quite a bunch of of switched-on firms now producing apps here in New Zealand. So 
um, yeah, it's it's great to see more and more coming out really across all of the all of the smartphone platforms. Um, and our other bit of New Zealand news was uh, was Zcom um, have been uh, have been sold. Now that's a um, a New Zealand. Um, how would you describe it? A software stuff? company that uh, does call center, contact center uh, software, and they've been around for a fair while. They have been, yeah. Um, it ties into uh, into you know the phone systems and uh, um, sorry, or, paper paper kite. Sorry to interrupt. Paper, paper kite. kite. That's or, the one. Okay. Get that wrong. okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they've um, they've just sold for um, for about forty million, which is. Uh, for, very, for a New Zealand company, it's a great, great selling price. Yeah, very nice. And uh, you know, congratulations to um, um, to the guys that are really involved involved in that. And I mean, they've been doing well for quite some time. I remember coming across them uh, in the US at, at at various events and so on. Um, they seem to have a very very strong product. And um, you know, we're seeing more and more of these. You know, what what started out as just you know little Kiwi firms, innovative um, companies here. And uh, and just growing really really well internationally, and um, you know then in many cases getting sold off. Now you know debatable whether it's good good or not for New Zealand for them. Oh, to, I, I think it's a great to, thing for to, New Zealand to exit. Um, depend, but it depends on how that happens. And you know in some cases yeah. everything gets moved offshore, which is always a pity. But you know it's great well, so, when uh, so long as the, the the principals who started up who tend to stay on shore then go on and and innovate and build something new. But at some stage, don't they need to? You know, when they build something new, create a company that they will, you know, keep a hold of that will grow into a large, you know, Fonterra-sized tech company. I mean, yeah, it'd be good if we can have, um, yeah, big big tech companies that are based in New Zealand. I, I and don't agree. I, I see innovation as something that happens in small companies, and innovation is something that happens with a group of guys sitting around with a great idea. And you see this time and again that the innovation happens by these small startups. The large incumbent can't move fast enough. We've already discussed that there's enterprise mm. tech can't be deployed out in a large organisation rapidly. Innovation, vast majority of innovation happens by small group mm. of people working together. The companies that hold lots of patents, the likes of 3M and Canon, encourage small groups of people to work together to produce that content. That's true. So it's really hard to build that culture. And I think for a you know, the the number of companies we're seeing that are being sold to overseas concerns in New Zealand, I think, is a really good thing. It's really good to see that we've got a culture of innovation and creativity in New Zealand, and that it's, that, that we're also smart enough to market it because that's the, really mar- far more important than than having a great product is being able to sell your great product. And we're seeing lots of people successfully doing that. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Well, I think you know, with more and more of it happening, it's uh, yeah, it's def- definitely a good thing for. Uh, for the you know for the country and uh, yeah as you say hopefully these these guys that start starting up these successful companies will uh, will go on and uh, and and do more of them yeah serial entrepreneurs no, smart men well cool. hopefully if one day we can replace our primary industries as the number one export earner that would be fantastic one day one day yeah now that probably brings us through. Uh, most of our topics really it's been a, a whole lot around uh, around windows 8 and uh, and e3 and uh, a few other uh, local bits and pieces of uh, of news uh, were there any any other things guys that uh, that we've missed have you want to talk about the samsung galaxy yeah well, S- well, tell us we, i guess both of us were at the uh, at the galaxy s3 launch event last week in in sydney yeah um, what's what's your well, what's it was your a big, take on it yeah, it was a big flash um, flash event. They had they had that big uh, 
I'd, I'd never seen one up close before. You know, I don't know what they call it, the big wide screen that goes all the way across the stage. I thought that was impressive just looking, <laughs> looking at the screen because um, you see that quite, quite often on the uh, live cast of these events that normally happen. At other, us, other us distant the parts of the world. Yeah. Exactly. So that was nice. But, you know, I got to hold. I mean, I haven't had a, a big hands-on with the S3 yet. I know there's a lot of people out there probably have now because it's available. Um, but um, it's an impressive Wii phone. I, I, I'm always a little bit dis- disappointed by the the original Galaxy and now the S3 that it just feels a little bit lightweight and plastic. I, I like a good solid phone, but it's still a beautiful looking uh, piece of kit. And the screen is is uh, is gorgeous, really vivid, clear. Uh, I played a couple of videos on it; it just looked amazing, and um, and it seemed very quick and responsive. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice, and obviously it was good good camera on it as well. And that that um, what do they call it? The technology where you look where you're staring at it, and knows that you're staring at it, so it won't switch off the screen. But that's quite cool. Oh, that's definitely cool. Yeah, for, particularly for uh, reading books and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just browsing a, a, a web page with lots of text. Yeah, and it tends to be those software features that that really are differentiating, particularly in the Android space, differentiating the you know the individual handsets. Those. Uh, uh, those little bits and pieces that yeah. you know make you consider one product over another, because uh, you know we've had quite a bit of time and uh, you know we've still got it here um, is you know HTC's One X and it's a really really nice case, um, a really nice phone. But you know when you've got to compare these two handsets, which in many ways have quite similar uh, specs between the um, the One X and 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 the S3, the uh, the differences sort of um, you know between these phones it's those software mm. often the software features that really uh that make the difference i mean in this case the other thing about the galaxy s3 is it's got a a really awesome uh battery and it means you get a good a good solid battery life out of it which i guess has been somewhat unusual in uh you know in android handsets so um yeah overall a um a pretty pretty good phone, and just uh, I haven't seen such a big campaign for an Android phone on a local New Zealand level in a long time. You got that um, Has the been a, competition? Or, or even any phone? Or even, not, well, I think have, the, have, the last one I saw was the, the Nokia Lumia. There was a lot, you know, a lot of TV and true. billboards, and the, but yeah. but I was just down in downtown Auckland, and uh, they've got that the downtown shopping centre, um, that billboard space was normally reserved for things like the World Cup, that kind of levels of mm. uh, of attention. And it's it's wrapped around the building there. So, I, 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 if you're at all interested in this sort of stuff, um, you, you you definitely know that the phone's out. Yeah, and yeah definitely and available. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, there has been a big campaign around it, and you know, I guess that's one of the differences between Samsung and HTC. Uh, is Samsung is such a big brand in, in many regards, and mm. is is already held in such high esteem for. Uh, you know products like those series nine laptops like their their um uh, their top end TVs and so on um that this just you know is another you know product of theirs that that sits alongside it uh and they've had so much coverage on their previous uh phones that um you know there are going to be a lot more people wandering out and buying the galaxy s three yeah. i would imagine than uh, than the offering from uh uh, f- you know, from HTC because it's a whole brand story as well, and it's the, the, and it's this, quite the, hard for another brand to come up and you know do that probably other other than uh, you know the like the likes of Apple that that cover a lot of bases with their yeah. brand. But with with these uh, with the launches around the world of this phone, they really are trying to capture that Apple magic, aren't they? That that space of a special event, um, and and now creating little calendar events. They really are 
now the 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 real contender against Apple in that special space. Getting that hook in of being yeah. this is the device you want other people to see that you have. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was really funny that they did a, a series during the 4S launch, the iPhone 4S launch. They did a series where the um, Galaxy S2 was already out and somebody was showing it to That's another right. person in the queue. In the queue. And yeah. then, of course, yeah. they they do a launch event where there's a queue for yeah. the S3. Yeah. There was a queue in Berlin. I'd, and apparently there was a queue in Auckland. Um, that was the word when we were in Sydney. We heard about that, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, how. they put on some sort of launch events where yeah. there, were, there were, you know, there were things happening and reasons for people to go and uh, go and queue up. So... Uh, yeah, but I don't think there were any uh, overnight type. Uh, no uh, sleeping bags camping, and, yeah. and sleeping camping stoves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who would want to be doing it in this weather at the moment, anyway? And just one uh, one final topic that we will del- delve into a little bit more as more information comes to hand. But uh, it's been announced today by uh, Telstra that they're looking at selling uh, their New Zealand arm, which is Telstra Clear, of course, uh, to uh, to Vodafone New Zealand. They're in discussions at the moment. Now nothing's confirmed or confirmed or, or, or signed, uh, but we will certainly be following this one and uh, and in future episodes looking at what the impact that might be for uh, for New Zealanders if uh, if Telstra Clear and uh, and Vodafone to uh, do come 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 together uh, with that uh, that buyout. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, that that's us for this week on the NZ Tech Podcast. Uh, you can of course find us online at nztechpodcast.com. dot uh, com. We're facebook dot com slash nz tech podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter too, NZ Tech Podcast. There, uh, now, guys, how do we uh, how do we track you down and uh, and find you and follow you online? Well, I'm just at um, Radio Wamo on on Twitter, um, and uh, it was mentioned a little bit earlier on the show. The, the uh, Radio Wamo show on uh, Kiwi FM is coming to an end at the end of next week as I'm moving Very to London. Sad. Um, yeah, new chapter, I suppose. Eh? Um, still have no idea what I'll be doing in London just yet, but uh, it's, the, it's the great adventure. Um, hit me up if you've got any ideas perhaps on Twitter <laughs> twitter.com forward slash radio ammo and about time well, we'll be continuing the climate show and uh, that's got a home over at theclimateshow.com and hot-topic.co.nz yeah great and you can find me on, on uh, Twitter as DemitasNZ so Demitas is my company name uh, two S's uh, you can also find me at demitas.co.nz and uh, that'll lead off I, I'm still posting up there when I post on some of the other places uh, uh, yeah, if you're interested in server virtualization and uh, deep geek IT, uh, that's that's one of the places to head to. Nice, nice. All right, thanks, Alistair. And uh, yeah, you can track me down on on Twitter. Uh, just my handle is Paul Spain. Nice and easy. Uh, and I have a blog uh, which is techjungle.com. So that's us. That's uh, that's the end of episode seventy three. Have I got the number right this time? Perfect this time. Marvelous. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Paul. See ya. 